Hey everyone and welcome to the Rink Rat Report podcast. We recorded this one after the dog shit that was game one between the Leafs and the Lightning. Uh, for this one we had a bit of a different episode. We hopped on the Leafs Digest post-game stream, uh, chatted with Zach Phil- our good buddy Zach Phillips. Uh, we're looking to do more of these in the future. Let us know your thoughts. Throw Zach a follow. All of his socials are below in the description. And without further ado, here is the episode. Support for the Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code RINKRAT. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T. All one word at manscaped.com. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T at manscaped.com. And if that's if my math is correct, that's about 16 million balls. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Boston Pizza's new playoff menu developed using Fanalytics. BP has run the numbers to craft the perfect playoff menu, which includes our winged ribs, the new league leader in wings above replacement. Visit BP for puck drop tonight tonight so we'll recap everything that kind of went down concerns i mean i feel like there's going to be a lot of them things that we're looking forward to going forward into uh into game two things we think need to change all that kind of stuff we'll break down some of the stats different uh stuff like that that went on here tonight but let's start with the first period let's evaluate what went down there uh you come out flat Looked nervous, looked shaky, didn't have energy. A minute and 10 seconds into the first, you're down one nothing. I was on here watching the game live. It kind of was just a devastating feeling in the chat. Like, I'm not even listening to people here. I'm literally just reading comments and just feeling it. I got the vibe that everyone was kind of just in this devastated position. That's a pathetic way to start a home game in game one of the playoffs where you have this much hype and this much anticipation. Like, what went wrong there? What happened there? Um, the goal? Just in terms of the, the well, like start it, it, for the Leafs in general, like coming out like that, because that's that was pathetic. You, you know what I mean? Like to start. They didn't have a shot way? yet, right? No, I don't think that they did. No. Nice, Jason. Um, so like <laughs> eight, yeah, you you started oh, the game. <laughs> you started the game. You didn't really have the puck. And then you make two defensive breakdowns after that. Um, I think it was Justin Hall going behind the net, missing Corey Perry. That was one of the defensive breakdowns. And then in front of the net, not being able to pick up the rebound there. And, you know, I I don't expect for Samsonov to have the rebound on the first one. That is a blocking save. You're more concerned with saving, just making the original save because it's in the scoring area. Yeah. Um, But on that first one, yeah, just... (laughs) Justin Hall just coming out hotter than hell out of the gate. Yeah, that was the perfect way for me to start this. I'm a known yeah. Justin Hall hater, and for that to be the way that this game opened up, a minute and 10 in for him to go fly by by Corey Perry and have him come out front with the prime opportunity. Hey, I... They don't call him the worm for nothing. <laughs> oh, man, I was ready to just <laughs> blow a gasket. I'm like, <laughs> great. <laughs> like This is how we're starting this one gonna lose it yeah. yeah and the biggest thing for me as well on that goal as well you 
you guys hit hit the the nail on the head with like what happened with Corey Perry, but also like after he misses Corey Perry, he also doesn't do anything to disable Belmar in front of the net. And Belmar scores because of yeah. it. If you watch it again, there's an opportunity for Hall to get in, get under stick, and disable Belmar there. And I get it. He's slightly out of position because he was chasing Perry and he missed him. But that's like the difference right there, right? Um, yeah, just oh, it's a tough way to start. Um, but killer just, again, going off your original question. Exactly. Going off your uh, original question there, Zach, like the biggest thing for me in that first period was we looked so nervous. Like yeah. more nervous than I felt. And I felt like I had pits in my stomach all day. <laughs> I was struggling to get, get through the day knowing that we had the least game. To, and I, I, listen, these guys are pros. Like they can't be feeling like how I'm feeling out there. Right. Like they got to be a little better, more prepared. They, they just look so nervous, bad passes. We talked about the Riley thing, like, and, and that, that kind of cost us the game. I get, we, I get, we lost seven, three, but giving up three goals in the first, like that, like, that's the killer right there. Like, you don't give up those three goals in the first and you somehow manage to squeak out of it nil nil. And it's a, it's a four, three game from there on out. And maybe we have a better chance. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just don't get it. It's something that I've had, I've had frustrations with this, with this team throughout the regular season. And I get that it's a little bit of a different energy and a different atmosphere where you sit there and you say, okay, 82 games, some nights you're not just going to have it. Some nights you're going to be, uh, okay, you got, you're tired from travel. You had an emotional game the night before. You're playing Columbus on a Tuesday night at 8 p.m. in Columbus. Like, whatever. The first period, sometimes it's going to be slow. You'd rather not have that, but it happens. And I came on to do the pregame show getting ready for this game tonight, and people are like, how does this... How does how do the Leafs need to come out here tonight? And I said, you need to come out hungrier than Tampa does. You need to come out saying we want this series more than Tampa does because in reality, the the way that they match up on paper is fairly neutral other than really goaltending, I would say, is is top to bottom. You're looking at them basically even. So they've all talked about how this team is better than last year. And last year they came out and they were basically even. So what's going to push you over the edge? For me, it's not like an analytical way to break it down. It's just like sometimes it's just the hunger. And I talked about it in the pregame. Here's what you have. Like you come out, play the physical style you've played over the last month in the regular season. They played, finish every check, four check hard, putting pucks on net, but not just aimlessly putting pucks on net, like putting pucks on net with a purpose. You're driving, you're getting traffic there. You're creating opportunities that are high danger rather than just shooting for the sake of shooting. And they came out in the first period and it was like, they just didn't have that hunger and they came out not ready. That was what it felt like. And it was like, well, how can you possibly be carrying this over from the regular season to the postseason here where it's the playoffs boys. Like this is not an 82 game schedule. You're not playing it's like, you know, where Brooks is, comes in and flips a table and he's like, it's not some throwaway game in Rochester. He's like, it's the Olympics. You're playing Sweden. It's like, it's the playoffs. You're playing Tampa Bay. This is what happened here tonight. This is a meaningful game. This is important. How can you not show up? How can you not be prepared right off the jump? I didn't, I didn't get that. I, I, I don't know. Some, I, I see what you mean. Saying, though, Piz. Like it's, it's the killer instinct, lacking killer instinct. So, like, the thing that I – my thinking going into, like, the trade deadline and then even to, into the postseason was, like, we, we've we seen the Leafs get up for game ones and play very well in game ones and win game ones. We saw that against Boston years ago. Um, and then, again, 
last year as well. They overcame that five-minute penalty and were able to yeah. smoke uh, Tampa Bay out of the building. But then, like, you look at just looking at last year, look at your game two, look at your game four, look at even the beginning of game five. Yeah. And even the beginning of game six on top of that, like you just, you came out like slow. And I thought maybe adding some physicality, adding Luke Shen, Jake McCabe, Noel Achari, even Sam Lafferty or Zach Aston Reese, like you add that, that grit, you get a hit, you're into the game. Okay. The crowd's into it. The boy, the bench is going, you know, let's go. But you know, you you had that this game. You had those guys in that game, and you didn't get that. Like I felt yeah. like they they got back into it a little bit from you know a nice Jake McCabe hit on Mikey. How do you pronounce it? Me and Jason had like Asimons, spent way too long. Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam. <laughs> what did you call him? Yosemite Sam. Like the guy goes. That's the only way I can. That's the way my brain reads it. It's like last year when Abrazesi first joined the team. And then like there was three different media members who had different enunciations of it. No one knew. And I was doing the stream with with Josh Goodwin. He kept calling him Abracadabra. So that just stuck. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're covering from that one. But yeah, he had to come out and say it's Abrazesi. Yeah. Yeah. And then top. Italians got upset with that because they were like, this isn't how it should be pronounced. Abruzzese. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no. Abruzzese. Uh, he's from the States. They put uh, sugar in their tomato sauce. They're a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> uh, super chat here uh, from Jeff McKay. Jeff saying, um, wow, this team was pathetic tonight. No heart, no pushback. They wanted to go home after the end of the second. I mean... Jeff, as an overall takeaway, I would say to a degree, yes, for a con- like a consensus. But in terms of like period by period, they came out firing in the second period. And mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit too little too late. You're down three zip at that point. And you got to battle back against Tampa, who it's not like they're going to stop scoring. And you took a bad penalty. You take a bad penalty. You kind of shoot yourself in the foot at that point. But like they were there. And they came out in the second, and then it was like, take a penalty, 4-2, okay, now we're out. And then, so that that to me is a little bit frustrating where I can agree with what what Jeff's saying there. I don't know. I don't know if you guys kind of followed, like, felt like it was the same kind of, like, game path of that, but it was just like. So, yes. So, the the one part of it that, like, you can say. You know, in a blowout game, the one thing that you're kind of looking for is maybe just a little bit of life, right? Like, what did Tampa do at the at the was it the end of that game last year where they cut to commercial break during that fight? Like, just show a little yeah. bit of something. Like, you didn't yeah. even get that this game, right? That's what I was so. thinking too. Is like, okay, am I a psychopath for thinking that like in a situation where you're losing a game like this, you're not going, you don't need to go out there and kill somebody, but like you could send a little bit of a message. You're going to lose. You're, you're losing the game. You're losing seven, two, you're losing seven, three. You don't have to hurt anybody. You don't have to take any suspensions, but go into a scrum. Who that, who cares if you get another penalty, who cares? You're losing 7-2 with five minutes left. You go into a scrum and you face wash someone and you throw them to the ground. Again, not having to hurt anybody, but like you go in there and you send a message like that or or someone takes a hack at you and you turn around and you hack them back. Like For me, I was kind of in the spot where it's just like, 
Show that life. Because you know what happens? Like, Piz, it's like what you're saying, man. Like, Tampa, you know what's going to happen to them? They get down 7-2 like this? Spear you. Turn around, swing a stick at you. Like, Sergachev's up 7-2, and he's taking swings at Lafferty in the neutral zone. You know what I mean? It's like, these guys don't care. Like, they're going to show that life. And I was kind of upset, like, sitting here being like, well, we got all these playoff guys, and we didn't have that life. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It's, is our team just so infectious that, that like, our... <laughs> this happened I... the other day when we were on a <laughs> call, Piz. Yeah. We are on a work call, and uh, Jason came oh. in. He was talking. It was fine. And then all of a sudden, it just was like, he said something, and it was like... <laughs> a full mime? <laughs> yeah. 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 You're all good. You're all good, Jason. Yeah, there was just a wild delay that happened, like an easy, like, four or five second delay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Pop out. Pop back in. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. We got to ask them what happened to those fingers, too. What the hell is this guy doing? Well, um, oh. all right. I don't know how to fix that. I'm just going to leave that for the time being. It's just going to be a little <laughs> bit of a gong chat. I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> uh, I'm, thinking, I'm yeah. trying to think of a word. I, it always happens to make it's, it's uh, Visually appealing? I don't know. Anyways. Aesthetic? It's aesthetic. That's the word. That's a hell of a word there. (laughs) Um, I was trying to figure out the the best way to set it up three cams on here, but then I realized that the problem that I run into is that pulling into Zoom, if someone comes in and out, things change and move into different spots. uh, Yeah, so I was like, I think this is optimal, and then Jason had to leave there, so we'll just run with that, but. This is what this stream yeah. is all about, Piz. Like, this is what the stream is all about. Just chilling. Yeah, it's just chilling here. All right. What is like... Okay, I want to know, from a goalie's perspective, this game goes sideways like this for Samsonov. Not necessarily like, oh, this was your fault. I don't think we take mm-hmm. have that takeaway, but this is not the best game for him. He gets pulled. Not what Sheldon Keefe's going to do, because I think what Sheldon Keefe's going to do is different than what you're going to do. What do you do next game? Sammy go back in there. Wall oh. get the start. What like how, how do you handle the goalie situation and the the fragility of the of their egos and stuff? Okay, so there's a couple of different ways to go about it. So number one, in this game when it is a blowout, you have to ha- have to you know be aware of the uh, of your relationship with the goaltender and what the goaltender is most comfortable with. There are some goalies that they don't care if it's 12 to two, they want to stay in. They never want to be pulled. Right. So that's where that's like a bit of a different one. If it's two quick ones, you want to switch the goaltenders and get a little bit of a spark from your team. But if it's seven to two going into the third period and the guy doesn't want to be pulled, leave him in there. Who cares? In right. terms of the second part, what you said for game two, I think 100% you go back to Samsonov. He's kind of been your guy since January. I mean, 40 starts mm-hmm. this year, a 919 save percentage. Like, I think he's a he, he is a pretty good goaltender. This game kind of got away from him, we'll call it. So I, I, I think he has the mental ability to bounce back, unlike what we saw kind of at times from Jack Campbell, where at times with Jack Campbell, it was like, uh oh, one bad one bad goal. We're gonna there come here comes ten straight starts of nonsense from him of up and down and just bad play. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think 
if it was maybe if it was a healthy Matt Murray, like if Matt Murray had been Matt Murray had been healthy since January. I'm adding that caveat. If Matt Murray had been healthy since January, this situation would be a lot different. Yeah, Matt Murray might not even be healthy for next year. Who cares about Matt Murray? So now I I would 100% go back to Samsonov. If Samsonov lays an egg in game two, that's where it's going to get interesting. I in from a fan's perspective, I don't think Sheldon Keefe would put Wool in by game three, maybe game four, but you know, it's uh so right now I'd go back to Samsonov game two. Uh, I think he'll bounce back. Jason, your thoughts on the goaltending situation there? Yeah, I I, well, I touched on it earlier. I think uh, I think we're all in agreement here. Uh, uh, tough tough to judge a guy for giving up four power play goals. I don't blame him. It's not an easy situation to be in. So, yeah, there were a couple he could have saved, but again, like a few defensive lapses, especially on the first two goals, like. He could have saved them, but also there was there's a lot of other things that could have happened where that would have been able to present prevent uh that those goals. Um so yeah, not I, I I'd be hesitant to pull him just yet. Like Pitt said, if we get another stinker next game, that's when we gotta start considering it. And uh yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh Super chat here. I just want to acknowledge it. He didn't send anything, but still want to acknowledge it. Ben McIntosh, thanks for the super chat. If you meant to send something, as always, some people do this by accident or they don't know necessarily how this works. Uh, if you meant to send a comment or something that you want read, just send one and I'll read the next comment and we'll use that as your super chat there. But um, appreciate it nonetheless. B40B40 says, get the Zamboni guy to play net. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's have this conversation. I talked about it in terms of I watched it live. I joked to you guys about it a little bit. I'm not a fan of Justin Hall. Uh, He played a lot better down the stretch. I can't take that away from him. I give him full credit for having done that. Uh, He kind of earned himself a spot into the lineup, I would think. The one thing that I continued to say to Leafs fans is please like caution yourselves in the optimism of Justin Hall because he's due for a stinker. I'm seeing people here in the chat Ooh. just continue to go into this and saying Hall on the ice for six goals tonight. Like uh, uh, Luke Davidson, Hall on for six goals. Can we fire Keith now for playing this bum for the last three months? This guy is a total pylon scrub. Uh, then you got people saying like uh, bringing up the minutes tonight. Some of this obviously has to do with penalties and the fact that Hall kills penalties, but I mean, you even just look at the stats of this one. Justin Hall, 20 minutes and 13 seconds of ice time. Uh, Mitch Marner, 23 minutes. Then you go Matthews, 17 minutes tonight. Nylander, 15 Jake McCabe under 20. Jake McCabe under 20. Uh, where are you guys at with the decision of the deployment of Justin Hall? Does he stay in the lineup next game? Like, how do you guys even feel? Like, I'm, I, I don't like him at all. I don't like him. I, I just kept feeling like this game was around the corner from him. It came up. It happens in game one. I probably look good in terms of the takes that I've had on him. In terms of being a happy Leafs fan, I don't feel good about it. So yeah, yeah. conflicted. <laughs> but where are you guys Here- at? Here, here's the problem, and we can't. We run into this problem with how we decided who starts for us with game one. 
it's it's been shown that throughout his tenure with the Leafs over the last two years, Timothy Lilligren has struggled to come in and perform up to expectation of what what is expected of him. Just just at that bar, just of being an NHL player, he's always off the hop when he's been scratched. Come in below that. It always takes a couple of games for him to get his mojo and get his groove. Yeah, we don't have a couple of games. That's my biggest hesitancy with scratching Justin Hall. I love Timothy Lilligren. I think he was one of the best Leafs defensemen this year. Do not get this twisted at all. I love Timothy Lilligren as a player. I just worry the way that Sheldon Keefe has handled him throughout this season and his confidence levels after he gets scratched, I think that's the biggest problem here. I think it's just, I, 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 don't, I don't know what, what else we can do, right? Like, we can't really put in Gustafson for him. No chance. No chance Connor Timmon comes in. So there's really no other option. And on top of that, I get Justin Hall. He was on the ice for six goals. Let's let's see. Four of them were on the power or sorry, penalty kill, though, to be fair. And he did eat seven minutes on the penalty kill. If you take him out, now you're asking Jake McCabe uh, or Luke Shen or Morgan Riley, even, or even Mark Giordano. You're asking one of those guys to fill in those minutes. Maybe Giordano can do it. I think he probably could. But again, that's a lot of minutes on the penalty kill where you you, you want to fill in and and I don't think you need to be that skilled to be on the penalty kill. I don't want a guy like Jake McCabe to be wasting his time on the penalty kill. I'd rather him get more five on five minutes. I think that's kind of the angle I'm looking at. Chat can, chat's probably disagreeing with me. Um, but again, like I, it's just, we're in such a tough position because Lilligren, I, I don't know if you guys think agree with me on this Lilligren take. It's just, I don't know how Lilligren's going to come in and play up to what we've seen this season when he's shown time and time again, after, after being scratched, he's just, it's just not there for him. Pizza, you can go ahead. I, I I agree with Jason for the most part, so I don't have like too much to say about it. I would say as well, we kind of just saw that in sample size throughout the season, right? What ha- like uh, Keith scratches him. He was playing very well. He had like one slightly. Also, Winnipeg is up two nothing like two minutes into this game, but um, he was playing very well. He has like one slightly off game. Keith scratches him, brings him back in like three games later struggles sit him out comes back struggles sit him out like it was just this constant rotation of back and forth and he could never get back into that rhythm and then Keith didn't trust him again and he just kept sitting him out so in terms of Lilligren I agree oh it's it's in the second period not the first period my bad in the Winnipeg game anyways uh but yeah it was just like he couldn't get back into a rotation and get comfortable Mm -hmm. And then Keith didn't trust him because he wasn't playing well when he hopped in. But then it was like he was playing inconsistent minutes, inconsistent roles, couldn't get in the lineup consistently on top of the fact that when he was actually playing, he wasn't playing consistent share of where he was at before. So I do agree. It's just like hard to be like, okay, get in here and make an impact now because what's he going to do? Now you're literally going to throw this guy to the wolves, putting him in. But jammed yourselves up. I think think you guys nailed it kind of thing. I don't think he ha- he has that kind of experience and that kind of drive and that kind of like okay it's it's my turn to jump into the lineup like I'm going to take full advantage of it. And sometimes actually as a defenseman is that the best kind of mentality to have where it's all right this is my opportunity. I'm going to go in there, I'm going to throw a big hit, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that like that that's great if you're a fourth line player, go out there hit, make yeah. a hit. But if you're a defenseman, you got to kind of be a little bit smarter about it. And so, I mean, as you mentioned, throughout the season, when after they've scratched him, he has not 
come out and delivered that well. It's always taken a couple games. And, you know, like, just to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit and be a little lighter on Logren, there were points in the season he was playing terrific in the top four. Yeah. Like, just what the hell happened there? Come on. It's it's really disheartening to look back and look how well he played when we were short defensemen. And then look at now, he's not even in the playoff lineup. I, we, I think everyone at one point has had said midseason, oh, there's no way they scratched Logan for the playoffs. Well, but do you not agree, though, that this comes back to one guy? This is this is the use and the minutes and the matchups and the pairings of Sheldon Keith. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> not yeah, the best. It, it all comes. I agree. It all comes back to Sheldon Keith here. And. Just crazy thought in my brain, and I, I it makes me sick. I'm even thinking about this. But do we even could we see an eleven and seven next game? Are we going to see like uh, uh, again? This is a hypothetical. If bunting Whoa. is suspended, right? And I know, yeah. Well, it's kind of crazy, but how much? No, we no don't know I'm not how saying much... that to you. Like no, in your no. opinion of it, it's just like I know, I, I know it is crazy. But like, that do we know crazy. if do we know if Sheldon Keith trust trust Nyes that much? He's only remember he's only played three games. In the NHL, and we know Sheldon Keith, he has his guys he trusts, and he likes to stick to them, right? So maybe, yeah. maybe for him, it's it's he he look maybe for him he looks at the time on ice, he sees wow, Nylander only played 15 minutes and uh, 12 at five on five, Matthews 17 minutes, 13 at five on five. We need to get these forwards more minutes. How are we going to do that? Well, Bunting's Bunting's already gone, so why not just add another D? Give our forwards more minutes and roll it like that. Like I, I don't, I don't know if I would agree with it, but again, I'm just trying to get into the mind of Sheldon Keefe here and see what, uh, mm-hmm. what could potentially happen. I did want to bring up a good point that there was in the chat a while, while back, but they were mentioning why isn't Sam Lafferty playing on the penalty kill, and I was like, all right, I swear he has. He was credited credited with more power play time on ice than shorthanded. He played two seconds wow. at shorthanded. Yeah, that is a little bit perplexing, especially when you gave up that many penalties. Like, I know he's not the smartest player, and I have a a play that I want to bring up later in terms of to show like he's not that smart, but he does bring something. He is fast, and they did bring him in for his defensive ability. And if you don't believe me, go back and look at uh, Kyle Dubas's opening press conference after they traded for him. They said, Look, we know he's riding a little bit high points wise right now. That's not why we got him. We got him for four checking. We got him for defensive ability. And, you know, after you hear that, say to hear he played two seconds at on the penalty kill tonight, that's a little bit odd. I, I like just can't wrap my hand, head around the deployment of guys. I, I really can't. It just feels like. Like, here was the other thing that I had a problem with earlier as well, and it's with this, and it relates back to Lilligren. It relates back to Hull and Kerfoot and stuff. Is like, I really despised Justin Hall, and I think that as I continued to reflect on it, and it was like, because people kept, like, losing their minds over Kerfoot, and, like, my thought on Kerfoot was, like, I think Kerfoot's in the wrong spot. Like, I, I didn't think he should have been playing in a top six position, being expected to score 25 goals. Like, that was kind of, like, where it was, where he's not going to produce with those guys at the rate that you'd hope that he could. He's not going to produce, like, even Cal Yarncroft does. Like, he, he just not. He doesn't have that in his game. It, but if you put him down into a third line and you expect him to go out there and just, hey, play simple hockey, like, be somewhat defensively responsible, carry the puck through the neutral zone, transition up ice, I think you can get more out of him, kill penalties, whatever. 
And then that was kind of my thought on on Kerfoot. And the more that I kind of went along with it and and the farther I got into the season, it kind of just became more to me like it's how he uses these guys. The reason that people outside of where I was at had such a disdain for Alex Kerfoot was because they hated that he was in the top six. And Mm -hmm. the reason that I hated Justin Hall's uh, play was because I hated that he was in the top four. And I just kept looking at it and was like, okay, here's two prominent cases. And to me that it just kind of started to show at the end, like, well, if Kerfoot ends up in a top six role, he's going to have so many more chances that he's not going to capitalize on that make people hate him so much more. And like hate, obviously a strong word and probably never really like hate people, whatever. But like for me, it was the same thing of feeling towards Hall. And it's reality is if he plays 20, 22, 24 minutes a night, how we've seen sometimes he has... When you get to that point, you're going to be overexposed. You end up against worse matchups for you. You end up against, um, well, maybe just fatigue. Maybe he just can't play that much. And then it's just like, okay, now you put a guy out there who doesn't have that much skill or IQ or awareness in some certain st- uh, circumstances. You're just going to see a lot more mistakes out of those guys. And then it's just like a flip to a Lilligren where Keith was like playing him so much and all of a sudden decided... No, we got to take minutes away. His game started diminishing. Then he puts him in the press box, and now it's like gone, just like that. Gone. Right, can't he use... comes back, and it's gone. You can't. Yeah, you, you, it's shot. You can't use him. So I don't know. I don't know, boys. But like, even that stat you just pulled up there, Piz, like that's that's terrifying. Why is Sam Lafferty playing a minute and ten seconds? I looked at it myself there too. A minute and ten seconds more on a power play than he is on a penalty kill when you had eight penalty kills tonight. It's ridiculous. Uh, and like again, like we're talking about getting like let's get Marner some more five on five minutes instead of loading him up on the penalty kill for for like four minutes and thirty seconds. And I I get it, he's our, our better penalty killers, but like you, that's like that's a situation where you, as a as a coach, mid game, you got to identify like, hey, early it's it's the second period. One of my forwards who I want to load up at five on five is getting twenty minutes of ice time. Like let's maybe mix in another PK guy. It's just this is this is the problem. Is that we, like I. I think, yeah, like we've been hammering it home all stream. It's like Sheldon Keith just does not seem like the guy and he hasn't seemed like that for almost two years now, I want to say. Yeah, I, I I have to give credit to Goody, who I used to do, the, who used to do the Leaf show. He, he will pop on here throughout the playoffs as well. But um, last year, I think it was like the second week of November and he was losing his mind being like, I can't stand Sheldon Keefe. I was like, all right, pump the brakes. Like we'll be fine. And then I I remember it was like two months ago, three months ago, maybe I I finally like turned the page myself. I remember calling him after a show and I was like, yo, I'm sorry. (laughs) You, you were right. Like that was my bad. It's funny because like we got before Keith, we had Babcock who literally would never change a single thing. So rigid and how he deployed. And then we have, we have, then we have the complete opposite on the other end of the spectrum. It's like, like, can we just get a guy somewhere in between? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, exactly. I just want to remind people watching right now, watching live. If you haven't hit subscribe and you're new to the channel, please make sure to do so more live watch alongs here. We'll have the boys from the rink rat continue to join us and do post-game reactions Piz up top there jason down below as you've seen jason before here on the uh on the leafs digest channel doing trade reactions and then doing the preview the other day um so glad to have you boys here this is a well i mean 
like i don't not, know not under I, these I was gonna say this has been yeah. fun but like yeah this has been fun what we what happened was not so like it's bittersweet it's like i'm happy to have you boys here i'm happy to do this with you but like circumstances yeah like you said jason no this yeah, feels like, like, feels like shit. <laughs> yeah what's funny um, here about about this also is like coming into this series i'm like okay like if if the leafs can get the power play going like we should be good there they should be no problem got two power play goals tonight and even <laughs> two two on the first two <laughs> exactly so what's even like you go even deeper into that okay so power play they did score they second layer to that they took Nylander off the top power play and they replaced him with O'Reilly. Who did the first goal come from? O'Reilly in the bump. It's the bumper spot. Or the, yeah, whatever, yeah. in the middle there. He got it up and over. Oh, perfect. That's why they made that switch. And then the second power play, Nylander gets one from the point there too, which is what he's good at on the power play. So really, really funny to see that. And then just the, the rest of the game fell apart. It, it, it was one of those classic where I uh, I give a take and just everything in front of it unravels. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if I've said it on the podcast, but I, I one time in 2013, right before the day before the Super Bowl, I said to my friends, I said, Chris Kunitz is so overrated. Like, this guy's not oh, that good. No. He scored four goals in my face. We're watching this game. He just yeah. wouldn't stop scoring and then went on to make Team Canada the next year. Yeah. And then I think that same year I said Colin Kaepernick is overrated and he demolished the Packers and went all the way to the Super Bowl too. And then my last one was uh Euclid. I was like, yeah, Euclid is over the hill. He hit a home run the next pitch. Tell tell us the Leafs are finished. Tell us the Leafs are finished this series. Yeah. It doesn't work <laughs> that way. <laughs> um well, Jason, I mean, you heard it on the preview. We had a similar take as like against Montreal, what was it? 13% on the power play. Against Tampa last year, 14% on the power play. I said in the preview, my biggest concern was Keith. One of the second concerns was, can the power play convert? They go one for one on one shot on the first power play, and I was sitting here like, okay. And then you it come is. out, and it's like, okay, second power play, you score on the second power play. I'm like, well, like maybe if you didn't have this crappy start, you're going to be in a better situation, but then dumb penalties dumb decisions not the best five on five play like it's not like they played like god awful at five on five it just wasn't the best i, I don't like i feel like this is a bad. blanket way of putting it it's just like we're not sitting here being like wow what the hell was that but i think man, overall it was just like a bad start you put yourself yeah. behind put yourself in a hole you put yourself even further in a hole with all the penalties you kind of gave everyone a glimmer of hope with those power play goals. And then just, you kept taking penalties and you weren't able to find your footing. It felt like ever, like it's tough to find your footing at five on five and produce anything when you're just constantly like not able to give guys consistent minutes. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just want to quickly touch on the power play too. Like that's, that is a positive we need to pull from this game. Cause like, again, not a great game, but like, let's try and pull some positives here. Like the, the power play was good, right? Like you said, we scored two goals on the power play and the tactical change was beneficial and it worked in our favor. Uh, I sent Zach, I sent you a couple um, shot or shot or goal charts. I don't know if you're able to pull them up, but uh, I loved Elander, but his fit on the net front just wasn't there. His goals on the power play all came from the perimeter because he has a rocket of a shot and that's where he belongs. But I think that 
Marner and Riley, or sorry, Marner and Matthews do a better job on the flanks than he does, if only by a little bit. Uh, so it makes sense when you want to swap in O'Reilly, who's a much, much better net front presence, who back in 21-22 scored, I think it was nine or 10 power play goals, all of them within the slot between the between the circles, it, directly in front of the net. And you saw it on the first goal. So good, good, good tactical decision there. Um, so it's important to bring that up. Yeah, there, there it is. It's the Nylander shot chart for goal chart for this year on the power play. Just not, not enough in front of the net. Yeah, he has those four t- in tight there, but look, it's it's all around. Like we and yeah, O'Reilly just is better at finishing in front of the net. So I, I saw a lot of people complaining that Nylander was pulled off the first power play. I don't think it was because of play or anything like that. I think it was just a tactical thing, and it worked in their favor. So like, let's keep that momentum. Let's look at the positives, and we move on to next game. All right, what positives can you take from tonight? Like, 7-3 loss, your goalie gets pulled, took a bunch of penalties, bunting suspended here tonight. We've touched on negatives, keep concerns, positives. Like, what positives can you take from tonight? Matthew Nyes probably plays next game. I guess that's a positive. <laughs> oh, um, my God. <laughs> that's the leading positive. The sure. um, no, I think also, the power play, obviously, as we touched on that. Yeah. That was uh, looking really good. Uh, I, I think a big positive for me is that I don't know. It's not going to get. It can't get any worse, right? Like oh, I, I can. It'd be pretty tough it to. Can. to <laughs> I don't know why I say these things. Didn't, I don't know. Wasn't there a quote from Kyle Dubas? We can and we will, or something like that, or from someone. No, that know. was Masai Ujiri. No, no, no. He that was his quote about signing the guys. So Kyle Dubas's oh. quote about signing the guys was, "We can and we will keep them all here." Masai's comment was, uh, we want to win in Toronto. We will win in Toronto. <laughs> so He yeah, had a better we, one. Uh, yes, he yeah. did. My and favorite Masai quote was, uh, we don't give a shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to put it. In terms of other positives, like, there really isn't much. <laughs> like... You kind of came out of it. You kind of showed some life. I mean, I wonder, you don't like to cheer for injuries, Zach, as you said, but like Hedman going out early in this game. Yeah. After not having that great of a regular season, you yeah. know, that's hopefully they're able to pounce on that. I mean, but it is kind of, it's just so deflated. I mean, Darren Radish played a career high in minutes tonight with 23 something. And like, how many games did this guy get in the NHL last year? I don't even know. Good for him. Yeah, like, all yeah, the power to him. That's awesome to see. Like, he was a great overager player in the OHL. I believe for Erie. Four games uh, I know last he's a, year. I know he played with McDavid on that Toronto Marlies team that didn't win the OHL Cup. I'm going all the way, all the way back. But, you know, was an AHL producer, was never able to find a spot. Good for him for finding an NHL playoff spot. Bumped yep. out Zach Bogosian, but... Kind of embarrassing on the Leafs front. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, like, this is that response though from this team. Where, what, what is the what is the reason for this? And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you're down three nothing first. Yeah, terrible start. A lot of people waving the white flag here in the chat, saying, "All right, let's go to Tuesday." Mm-hmm. But like. You go out there, you score two power play goals, you make it a one-goal game, and right while this is happening, Hedman gone from the game. It's like, okay, now you have a chance. But then it's like that, it, it just felt like the most Leafs 
moment ever of mm-hmm. like the penalties four two five two game is gone. Yeah, but I mean also like to be wildly positive on this one, like if you were to come out dog shit as you were like don't you think they have the personnel to kind of rally the troops and get put together a good game too they got the factor they got the human eraser they got Noel the <laughs> nail gun cookie cookie yeah i don't like, know why i keep forgetting his name but anyways yeah like yes but I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to be... I know you're saying, like, you're all going the wildly positive. I'm not trying to be wildly negative on it, but it's like... It just feels like we don't see that from this Leafs team. And, yeah, it's different personnel. It is, 100%. But it's just, like, it just feels like an overarching, like... The theme. Theme of the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's just, like, it's hard to say. It's not that it can't happen. It's just, like, it just feels hard to say it can't. Yeah, I yeah, know it's just it's so hard because again it feels like we we recycle guys like no tomorrow like think about how different how many different iterations there's been of this team over the last seven years thinking about all the guys who've come in and out of of this this organization it's just and it's just the same things no matter who we get what type of style of play we 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 want to play like physical speed like dump and chase off the rush no matter what we try and do it's just it feels like it's just back to the same old storylines and it's just so frustrating. So I, I, I see your point there, Zach. It's like, it's really hard to, to come around and, and feel more positive about this. But yeah, like, I guess for me in my head, it's the only thing that I can try and do that yeah. wouldn't make me go insane. It's like, I got, I got to try and find positive somewhere. But um, it's like, boys, they're like hard also to find. on top of that is, and I know that we're trying to come at it from like, uh, yes, we are fans and that's always going to be built in. And that's kind of what this Leafs Digest channel was like built off of. But even how we've kind of progressed on it is like analyzing things and breaking it down, trying to be from a objective perspective and not be like as emotionally invested. But it's like, even with that, like Piz, like don't you even feel like part of it is, okay, even if you weren't a Leafs fan, you'd look at it and be like, I don't know that those guys Oof. can get it done because they don't have the care. Like they don't have anything that's shown that they d- they can. Hmm. I mean, I totally understand that. I mean, just like I always like to look at it, it's 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 one game. It's not a seven three game. It's not a seven three series. It's not a seven three yeah. anything. It's yeah. one nothing in the series, right? Yeah. Like last year, Edmonton had a scare in round one. They were able to overcome it. Like. And I do see, like, the Leafs are the most polarizing, most important also, please remember that, um, team in the NHL where it's like, ha, they've never been able to get over the hump. Like, look at these stupid morons. They're going through this, their same stupid copium or hopium or whatever the hell the word is over and over again like they did last year and the year before and the year before that and all the way back to, there we are, <laughs> all the way back to 2017. I think to instill some some life. If I go outside and I burn this shirt that I've only wore once, will that rally the troops? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe that gets everyone going. <laughs> I'm going to light I we're just going to be like lighting leaves paraphernalia <laughs> on fire, but it's not it's not cuz we're mad at the team. It's literally just like a mojo thing to turn it it's around. It's a sacrifice. It's yeah, a, it's, it's a like sacrifice. a sacrifice. It's like when it's they like... threw the <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! 
We lost Jason. We would look so stupid. Just like, yeah, it was... People are, like, coming yeah, let's away go from get this him channel, too. like, looking at like videos being like... Yeah, people are, like, looking and they're like, these psychopaths hate the Leafs so much. This is worse than throwing your jersey on this. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, we love this team. We're we're literally doing this because we are trying to help them. Like, this is sacrificial. <laughs> Just lighting stuff on fire. Uh question here in the chat super chat here from phenom i think it's actually a good good question uh but phenom saying uh you rather lose a game like this one uh like toronto or edmonton both are down 0-1 in their series which ultimately even what you're saying there like that is what's most important you are just down 0-1 in your series that's, that's what it is now you go to the next game would you rather lose game one like this one or like uh like edmonton did Jason, I think like, first. I think like this one just because less wear and tear, no overtime. Okay. Uh, didn't I don't know. I I I think it's easier to 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 come back from a game. I don't even know. I was gonna say maybe it's easier to come back from a game <laughs> like this where you just burn the script and turn the page. Like I, someone mentioned that in the chat, but man, I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know what I would prefer because I think I'd be pulling my hair out right now if we lost the game in overtime. I I yeah. I just cannot mentally withstand that personally. Um, well, here's the problem too with it, and like I'm not trying to jump in, but just quickly on it is like, if the Leafs lost the way Edmonton did, that's also the most Leaf-like way to w- lose. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Um, I would say I would say Edmonton wise, I would have more to just like from a selfish kind of content perspective, I would have more actual substance to talk about as opposed to, right. you know, talking about lighting ourselves on fire and such. <laughs> Edmonton actually did stuff well to go up and you know yeah. they they were they were able to blame the refs at some point for God knows what reason but um yeah that that LA Kings power play they really that was that was nice they moved the puck really really well there yeah it was fun to watch that's for sure um yeah right. Jason I see what you mean like yeah like nobody no injuries nobody's should be huffing and puffing after this one even our goalie yeah. got rest. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a positive takeaway. A L- little more wear and tear on uh, on uh, Vasilevsky versus Samsonov. Samsonov should be fresher out the gate next game, so expect uh, more saves oh. from him. I hope someone on Toronto Sports Media tomorrow or Sports Radio just leads with that take. <laughs> <laughs> that That is a wild take. We got him um, right where we want him. <laughs> I was being incredibly facetious. I hope no one thinks I'm, t- I'm, like, I'm not joking when I say that. Yeah. Oh. We wore him down, boys. We, we wore, wore him down. <laughs> uh. like, well, well, hold on. Um, I want to just ask people again, remind people, we're 19 likes away from 150. No reason smash. you can get to 150. Ooh. You just smash it. Uh, and as well, if you want to listen to this post game back, you can obviously watch it here on, on the Leafs Digest channel, and you can see the boys. You can see the chat going on. You can see Jason's... Um, Hopium, <laughs> Leafs Hopium background. background. But if you want to listen to it, because that's a better way to do so for you, you can find it on the Rink Rat Report, which you can find on all podcasting platforms. You can find their social media, which is much more active and much better done than the Leafs Digest social media. You can find them on Twitter at Rink Rat Report. You can find them on Instagram and TikTok at Rink Rat Report as well. So please make sure to check them out there. Um, you guys firing out qu- clips during the game tonight? Uh, from, from I did, the yeah. I, yeah even, so, I fired one out on the stream. 
<laughs> there you go. So if you guys are looking for clips while games are going on, maybe you're missing a game, uh, it's a good place to find highlights, clips, goals, goals against, all that kind of stuff. It's on the Rink Route Report, especially if you're looking for that. It's something I look for if I'm out or just want to watch something back quick that they're not showing on the broadcast. A lot of times, especially doing this, doing these shows, it's like you need that information quickly and they don't won't play it. The Rink Route Report is a great place to go and... Yes, of course. All podcasting platforms. You can listen to this back after. Boys, here on the Leafs Digest channel, um, every post game, I have two very specific segments we do. One of them is the play of the game. The other one is the grade of the game. I got animations for them. Before I get into those, uh, shout out Eric in the chat. He's asking for our guy Gordon Graham. Uh, Gord is our resident Justin Hall fan and defender. Uh, I, I saw Gord a little bit earlier, and then he seems to have disappeared. Gord is a school teacher in Japan, so we, we the, at least digest is international, fellas. That's wow. what it's all about. Yeah. But he is—he's teaching class. I just wanted to address that he's teaching class right now. That's why he can't give us his thoughts. He is a school teacher in Japan, and he coaches a hockey team out there actually as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. So, yes, Gord is, uh, will not be able to give his thoughts here in, on Justin Hall, but let's get into uh, first segment. Uh, <laughs> God, I just, let's get into the play of the game. Holy Mackinac, what a play! Play of the game, <laughs> fellas. Um, ah. Do either of you have a play of the game? I feel yeah, like Jake only... McCabe. Uh, Jake McCabe sending Mikey Acement into tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, I think I think my play of the game has to be the Ryan O'Reilly goal. It's just a, mm. as as beautiful as a setup as you'd like to see on the power play. And again, with all the narratives of how poorly our power are not narratives, the facts of how poorly our power play has been in the playoffs coming in, yeah. it was a reassuring thing to see out the gate. Yeah, our 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 group our rink rat group chat was was talking about like breaking down like Tampa penalty kill, where the goals have been coming from, why they made the adjustment from Ryan O'Reilly or from Nylander to O'Reilly, what to expect in that situation. There, they're going to feed the bumper area, and just to see that first one go in, it was like wow, the boys drew that one up. But well, and we obviously I... didn't drop the rest of this piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've talked about it here on the stream as like one thing that I had problems with with the power play, and I think that led to them going to 14%. And one reason why it's a little bit different here now is like with O'Reilly in there, it's a little bit of, different, of a different look. It makes the other team defend you a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Jason brings up the net front presence. You add that in there. He's a little bit more lethal in the net front than a guy like JT where you can put him down at the side and he can play as the side low man and then – Marner and Matthews can kind of play out high. Like, it just shapes things differently than when Nylander's in there. Uh, one thing, too, on top of that, and because my play of the game is also that goal, but, like, just mm. kind of adding on my thoughts with it is, like, one reason that they become so easy to defend and the penalty kill just becomes so meh, I guess is, like, the best way to say it, where it just has those lulls and those, like, ugly periods is just they get to a point where they become stagnant and easy to read and easy to predict, and it's it's a lot of standing on the peripheral, 
lot mm-hmm. of what even Jason's saying with like Nylander playing outside is just like it goes peripheral and it goes slow and then they just circle the puck outside, outside, outside. Someone steps in, takes a shot, and then you're basically praying that Tavares is able to get a rebound. Otherwise, the other team clears the puck and now you have to spend 30 seconds coming back. They they seem to move it faster, which I think is the first key there because now Tampa can't just like stand and be like, all right, pass it outside. Like we're not going to move. They just moved it a little bit quicker, which kind of helps you in that spot. And then they utilize the inside of the ice using O'Reilly because I think he's probably just better at the net front too in that certain context than Tavares is of being able to open that space up there. I think he could be able mm-hmm. to, with the two of them, rotate back and forth to be able to be down low presences. And uh, seeing that goal be scored was just like, thank God. Because we went into it 3-0, like you're down 3 nothing. You get your first power play of the game, you're basically saying, please score. <laughs> and it's like, okay, thank God you did. Yeah. And so that's actually an interesting point you brought up in that last part there. Think about when they had five forwards. It looked good at times because they had Michael Bunting in there. They had those two net front Mm-hmm. kind of presence able to switch in and out there. And that's why that was able to work. Ultimately, they're not going with it because it's a bit of a liability defensively. Yeah. But I think also what was kind of interesting watching the penalty power play tonight and like it worked. I don't think they moved the puck that, that fast this power uh, on the power play in this game. However, they moved it more strategically and they knew what they were looking for. And when they got those looks, you know, they were able to capitalize like that play Marner down to JT. They were moving it on the outside there very slowly. It wasn't a great pass from Marner to JT, but they knew what they wanted there. And they, the the lane was open. They were able to capitalize it. Nylander on that play, like on his goal, he was just waiting, waiting, waiting. Okay. I got a good screen in front. All right. I, I, once I have a lane, I'm sending this on net and bam in the back of the net. So it really was quite interesting. I do wonder if Tampa makes those adjustments and then you're going to start to see quicker puck movements. You're going to have to see different looks. You're going to maybe see Nylander more on the power play, maybe less. Who knows? I think it'll be um, fluid from there. But I just got to figure out the five-on-five game. <laughs> yeah, five-on-five game is our biggest issue. But like you said on that power play, I'm just curious to see how we react to Tampa reacting. Because I think we do have a tendency, we know how Keith is, to overreact to things. I just wouldn't overreact just yet uh, and just kind of keep Strategy seem to work right now, so let's just if, if I just try just just keep it going, keep that strategy going for what we had going into uh, for for game uh, game one and bring it into game two. Yeah, good I point. think that's a probably a better way of putting it too is saying strategically or like with purpose than maybe the speed of it is like mm-hmm. it was like not just let's pass it for the sake of playing pass on the outside. There was some type of drive and idea in my mind that. Uh, before we get to grades of the game, I want to ask you guys about penalty kill here. Um, Leafs penalty kill traditionally being very good. It's been something that you can kind of look to and say, hey, we can rely on them. Now, obviously, our penalty kill goes the same as Tampa's here tonight. We both were 50% on the penalty kill. But Tampa gets eight opportunities, scores four goals in the eight power plays, are you guys concerned about this penalty kill at all? Is there like any major takeaways you have from it? Or do you kind of just sit there and say like, eh, this is just one of those nights for everybody. I don't look too much into it. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Cause I feel like our power, our penalty kill hasn't been as good this year as it was in previous years throughout the season. I might be wrong there. Uh, no, just, it was, that's, no, that's right. Just, yeah. just feel wise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought so, but yeah. 
uh, definitely not as some, not as good as we were last year. So uh, yeah, that was something we were, I found last year in the series, we used that, like it was obvious in game one last year, we used that to build a ton of momentum. Um, and we, we were able to pull it off. I think for one of the penalty kills uh, that we had penalty killed and we got a power play and it led to a goal. I forget which one it was, but yeah, it, I'm a little concerned because it doesn't look as good. And it seems like Tampa Bay is, is, has been able to exploit us there. I'm just trying to think through the goals in my head. Like um, that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I think our power, our penalty kill needs to be better. So yeah, I guess long story short, I am slightly concerned about it. Yeah. There was, were they on the penalty kill? Oh, they weren't. This wasn't a penalty kill. Never mind then. But yeah, there was one really good kill that led to Riley then drawing a penalty like right after. Um, yeah, but it seemed like, like that on that penalty kill, what happened was they were able to effectively stifle Tampa Bay's break-ins, cause some havoc in the offensive zone. But like in terms of in-zone defending, you know they got to do a lot better. That puck was zipping around way too fast in in the Leafs end for on the penalty kill there. Like it's tough so- because Tampa Bay has just such perfect options on the penalty on the power play there. Like Kucherov can either wire one top shelf, like we saw tonight, or he can make that nice uh, one-timer touch pass to the the bumper where I think it's Braden points hovering around there or, you know, in front of the net, they got some good options there too. Like it's, it's a tough one to defend, but uh, you're going to have to, if you're going to be taking flipping eight penalties a game. Uh, yeah, I'm not like as concerned about it. I think that you get eight penalties against like mm-hmm. against yeah, power play yeah. like that. It's gonna happen. As someone also brought up in the chat here. I'm just trying to find who said it, but uh, oh yeah, Husho said aside from bunting, all the calls were on Leafs top penalty killers. I That's mean, a good point. I, I'm yeah. looking at it here too quickly. Camp, uh, two penalty minutes. Brody a penalty, McCabe, a penalty, Shanna penalty. So in terms of that, you're right. Like that's at least one guy from your penalty kill from one of your mm-hmm. units each time. And it's not like it's going to just like completely obliterate your penalty kill, but it doesn't help. That's for sure. Like it doesn't help. Um, yeah. yeah I, that, our, our guys are our, our normal penalty killers get taking penalties and Sam Lafferty still only has four seconds of penalty kill time. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's just so odd, honestly. But All right. Let's look man. ahead to game two a little bit here. Um, All right. How do you guys want to go about this? So, like, what, what way do you want to approach game two here? I mean, in terms of changes, one thing that we have to account for is likely bunting being suspended, not playing. Okay. I, got, I mean, we could do some rapid fire for game two. Yeah, go for it. So is bunting suspended? Yes or no? Yes. Ooh, I'm guessing okay. two games. We'll see him back game four. Do we see O'Reilly Tavares together next game? No. I think we're going to see. Oh, I think we're going to. Yeah, I think I'm bold. I'm going to go with O'Reilly. Like we said earlier on the broadcast, O'Reilly, Nylander. Nice. That's what I'm going with. And JT, figure it out. Okay. Okay. Man, um, if it's me, no. If it's Keith, I'd say it's like 50-50, and I'm not trying to give a cop-out answer, but like, I just don't know what I'm going to get out of this guy. 
and you look at a spot where you're going to get a little bit of a different lineup if Bunting's suspended, he might go a little bit more panic where he's like, oh, like, we're losing this guy from the top six. Like, (laughs) we need these guys together to load up the six. Like, I I don't know. That's a good point. Um, I think he should be off of it. It's not because of his play, but I think that it just helps depth-wise. It just gives you a different look, gives you a different opportunity. You're at home still. Like, that's the one thing I didn't understand completely in it is, like, you're still at home. You can line match here. You want to put out O'Reilly as the third center and go and match up way better against Tampa's third line in in an offensive zone draw? You put out O'Reilly, like, it's a much different look than it is putting out uh, what what was the third line tonight? Uh, Yarn Croak, um, Achari, Achari, Achari. Mm-hmm. yeah, it, like okay. Now you put O'Reilly in that three C spot, move Achari over. Put like even just tonight with the lineup he went with, put Kerfoot up to the second line. Put like that's a much different looking line and a much different feeling line. Uh, I'd put him down to the third line. I would split them up. Yeah, and it's funny because. Uh... Just quickly, I'm looking at five on five stats, uh, and the two lines that got absolutely crushed at five on five and expected goals was the second line and the third line. Uh, so the Tavares, O'Reilly, Nylander line had a 30% expected oh, wow. goals for share. Uh, and the, oh my God, the Kerfoot, Achari, Yarncrook line, mind you, only five minutes had a 6% expected goals share. So, um, that's not good. That's not good at all. It's that's, not, that's, that's not bad. Good at all. It's really bad. <laughs> So, I mean, I, it's just frustrating because, again, we're – I feel like I'm an armchair warrior sitting back in this seat and saying they should play this guy, they should play this guy. But, like, now we called this before the freaking series. Like, these these lines aren't going to do it for us. And they're getting crushed at five-on-five. Five. Like, mm-hmm. these – like, I'm, I'm pissed right now. Tavares, O'Reilly, Nylander should not be losing five-on-five five minutes for us. They cannot They cannot be having almost uh, – over almost a goal against and, and barely putting up uh, any expected goals on, on our part. And – for people who don't know how expected goals work, it's it's just a it takes all the shots where they are and it and it tracks it back. I don't know how many years of data and just compares it to previous shots. And it's just like what's the likelihood of this going in compared to previous shots? And yeah. it's just telling us that like we're not getting shots from quality areas or quality. Yeah, we're just not getting the shots from the quality areas. It's like incredibly frustrating. What else have we got? I agree. Rapid fire here, Pez. Uh. <laughs> One I was kind of sticking in my head, uh, Samsonov over under two and a half goals against next game. Under. I want to say under. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with under. Hell yeah. I'll just say That's this. A good one. I, I said it to Jason before, and I'm interested to hear what you think about it, but I think Samsonov kind of has the personality of Campbell in terms of the bright bubbly side, but I don't think he has the let it affect him Mm-hmm. kind of thing that Campbell does where he can be that happy energy go- like guy where he's like hey turn the page new new game I don't think it it really weighs on him like what what it did for Campbell and I think he's a better goalie than Campbell. I agree I don't know yeah I, I think he's the type of guy like you said he, and I think he'll use that to fuel his this next game hopefully for him um yeah agreed um defensive pairing staying the same yeah kind of a I think I think they're staying the I'm, same. I think I'm gonna yeah, go with yeah. I would I would say I would say yeah. Yeah. Uh I think that was I think that was all my, my rapid fires in terms of like preparation for next game. 
I, th- I, I think these guys are tired of losing in the first round. I, I, I think game two is going to be a good start. Let's, uh, let's, let's get it going. Yeah, yeah. Like there's so only so much we can say about the lines and how it's deployed and all that kind of stuff. I think it's a big factor, but one thing that can make it all go away is just like coming out and playing better. <laughs> like that's you come out and you start the game better and you don't go down three nothing in the first period. It's a much different feeling vibe in that arena tonight. Maybe you still lose, but you don't walk away seven three in a, a game where you had basically five minutes of hope. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe seven. Five. That's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I will five is way too many. Thirty uh, seconds, <laughs> maybe. I will preface yeah. we at least we I and I get like our team is not the same as Tampa at all. But again, last year, I feel like we talked about this, but I just want to bring I want to reiterate this fact. Like Tampa was in the same boat as us last year as we're in right now. Right now. They they lost five nothing. They didn't even get a goal. They had a five. We only lost by four. Exactly. We had, we had <laughs> we only lost by four. Yeah, but they had a five minute power play to start the game. They could not crack. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jack Campbell and how how they respond is kind of how they uh how like how they built their identity for the rest of the season. So this Leafs team needs to respond, and that's <laughs> that's how we do it for the rest of the series. Gary Roberts. You want a story here, Piz? Let's hear it. We're going to sit here uh, with my buddy Gary and try to bring some some vibes for next game. So uh, I play on a summer hockey team and uh, starts tomorrow night, uh, like for for this season. Um, I've told the chat before, so these guys know at least. Most of them probably know. Um, Last year, to start the season, we didn't have enough guys to start for the first game. Like there wasn't wasn't enough bodies because a bunch of guys were still coming back from school. We have guys on our team who play uh, uh, pro hockey and stuff, so they weren't back yet. Well, the guy, two of the guys on our team, they're Gary Roberts' nephews, and oh. uh, they brought Gary out to play with us in the first game oh, of the year last year. And uh, tomorrow we don't have enough bodies, so we think mm. Gary's coming out to play with us tomorrow night. Yeah, there you guys how it's done. So <laughs> yeah. I, I I skate on Mondays. I'm going to try to keep this as anonymous as possible, but I skate on Mondays with a group of guys. And um, one of the newer guys there, he's a year older than me, pretty skilled guy, like good double A player, skilled guy. And uh, so he asked another guy that was there. He's like, oh yeah, like, uh, you know, where'd you, where'd you play hockey? Guy just responds, the NHL. (laughs) (laughs) Ever heard of it? Pretty good league. It wasn't like this guy was like a one and done NHL guy. Like, this guy has played well over 800 games in the NHL. <laughs> it was just funny to hear. Like he's he's almost 60. That's why he Got doesn't it. really show it on the ice as well now. But kind of a funny, funny like back and forth. Like, yeah, I've heard of that league. Yeah, yeah, uh, the show. <laughs> yeah. Heard of it? <laughs> I, I scored a couple. Played uh... with some guys you might have heard of. <laughs> Okay, we got 150. So thank you to like the stream here. I'm gonna have to get you guys your own salts. We'll, we'll order them in. Piz, I'll, I, I know where to find them. So actually, it's not even that's not even like underground. It, it was on Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> it was on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get you guys some salts too, especially all if right, you guys continue right. to hop on the streams here. You guys can do the salts with me. I made Goody do them last year. And... I'm gonna need it for next game. Like, yeah. Fuck. Well, yeah. <laughs> all right. I'll put in an order. 
All right. Last thing I got to do here on the Leafs Digest stream to wrap up every stream. We do better. this at the very end. Grades of the game. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You guys can't hear the audio, I guess. I, I realize that. No. I can't hear the audio, the <laughs> I'm like, it's oh, that's good. pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah, there's like, there's, if you watch it back, I guess when you get the audio file, you hear it back. You'll hear the animation right. and the audio. But um, I'll start with you guys. It's just a grade school grade. Uh, what do you grade this? A, B, C, D, E, F. Tonight's game one. What is your grade? I'm giving it a G because I'm trying to find some, something that's worse than F, and that's the only thing I can think of. So it gets a G for me. Yeah, I feel like after, the, like, just once the game ended, it was like that scene in Community with Senior Chang. It's F, F minus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no other answer I can give other than F. Like, what? Well, you came out, you played horrible on home ice in game one where you had all this anticipation and you're talking about how excited you are and the pressure and everything. You sucked right away. And you go down one nothing, a minute 10 in, and, th- like, that was it. That was the story of the game from that point because that's how you played the entire first period pretty much. You came out with some energy to start second, and then it just dissipated, took some dumb penalties. Uh, well... I mean, took some penalties that we could have known were going to be called is more what I mean by that is like based on how the first period went, you probably knew that those were likely to be called. There were some bad ones. Bunting one, very stupid, kicked out of the game, non-factor here again, like Nazem Godry nightmares for Leafs fans going to bed tonight. Uh, but yeah, this, this is just F. I mean, hey, I, again, like you said, po- positives, takeaways, power play went two for four <laughs> that's right. a good one there you go it's a there positive go. i'll take that i got a <laughs> eric in the chat says pressure is something you put in tires manoa leaps <laughs> <laughs> uh, i did see eric at, at say this earlier and i'll pose this to you guys and jason i'll go to you first on this Eric asked why it was so easy, I think, to I can't find it here, but to quote him or to use the analogy, he said, uh, Tampa entered the zone, their zone entries was like a hot knife through butter against the Leafs. But, Do you have any thoughts on that? Like what what led to that? Why was that the case? I don't know. I, I got to watch back the game to see that, but I did notice that watching the game that it was, they were soft. I don't know. I, I think it just might be, our D were just playing too far back and not pressuring enough at the blue line. I think that's what it was. I, I, I'm just trying to remember back to the game and could be that could be center support. That could, it could um, be that too. It, it, it felt like, yeah, I think that's the only thing worth watching back in terms of this game is to, very true to see what was going on with the zone entry wise. Um, but not only is the, the zone entries, the chances off of the zone entries too. That's the, the most important part i would say but uh that is a very interesting point yeah and there he says as well and the leafs limp in every time i i i, I do i do want to say that the leafs do aren't aren't as much as a of a like carrying team as they mm-hmm. used to be they do make a concerned effort to dump and chase a little bit more and i think that's a slight tactical thing whether you agree or not especially considering how again i might get i might this might come back to bite me but how were some of the defenders are on tampa like like Nick Prebix and Darren Radish in particular, 
Like I think they made it a concerted effort to try and target those guys, trying to get mm-hmm. uh, pucks kind of in their corners, force them to retrieve pucks and and pressure them. Um, but yeah, like the, the zone entries weren't good enough, and and definitely like, like defending the zone entries, we were freaking brutal. We were brutal. We got to be better at that. Yeah, yeah no, I pretty don't much. have anything else different to say. And... Like in terms, like you can't, you're not going to get too many zone entries against Eric Cernak. He's a beast at the. Yeah. The blue line, they like they have some big bodies at the blue line where you're gonna have to chip and chase around them, uh, which they they did a pretty good job last year doing that. But in terms of defending the zone entries, I mean, you look at some of the weapons that Tampa has, like in the main guy Braden Point Nikita Kucherov. Like you can't be given, you got to kind of contest them, but you also got to respect their speed. So, yeah, that's something that. I do want to watch back and see what the heck happened there. That's a very so, good point brought up. It could be that. It could be them respecting the speed, but too much, it felt like, in the game. Yeah, there's always that. All right. Anything else you guys wanted to cover here tonight on this one? Any any other things? Uh, that was all. This, is, this was fun. Um, this game sucked. <laughs> um, but, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. boys, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I appreciate you hopping Thanks in. Thanks for having us. Yeah, anytime. You guys are more than welcome to come back. I think chat enjoyed having you guys in here as well. So thank you very much. Um, for more of their content, you can find them at The Rink Rat Report on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find them on all podcasting platforms where you will find this post-game stream on there as well. Uh, for, for a breakdown, you can listen to it back. But you can find Piz, you got a Twitter account? Yeah, Rink Rat Report. Oh, okay, there you go. And you can find Jason on his own at Takes by Jay. So make sure to check them out. But Leafs fans, thank you guys so much for tuning in here tonight. Let's bring it. Let's bring a different energy game two. Like new game, game two. You drop game one, seven to three. It is what it is. Thanks for tuning in here tonight. Keep believing. Sweet hand.